Welcome to the Neo News Today podcast. My name is Dean and today I'm going to be talking to Tyler Adams from the Moonlight Project. Now, Moonlight are building a decentralized workforce application that is going to make it so much easier for employees and employers to connect. It will allow users to verify skills, create trustless resumes by completing work on the platform, and easily handle remittance and so much more. As someone who's done a lot of work in the project management and resourcing space, this is an application that I can see bringing a lot of value to the table. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, or YouTube, do not forget to subscribe. And thank you again for Videato and VDT for allowing us to render our videos on YouTube through the Videato platform. All right, let's have a look at the upcoming dates for the next few weeks. Neo is currently embarking on an Asia-Pacific tour, which started in Singapore on March 3rd. From here, we'll have a developer workshop in Tokyo on the 4th and a community meetup in Tokyo on the 5th. Next up is Taipei with a meetup and developer workshop on the 11th before Neo head down under for the first time for a meetup and developer workshop in Melbourne on the 12th. Dahong Fei will also be participating in the APAC blockchain conference whilst he's in Melbourne. And then on the 16th, Neo will be moving on to the Sydney meetup, which sold out in less than 48 hours. The tour will wrap up in Seoul on the 18th with a meetup and developer workshop. Projects participating on the tour include Moonlight, Neon Exchange, Blue Zell, City of Zion, O3, VDT, Zpin, Hash Puppies, Ontology, Qlink, and more. The other event to keep an eye out for is the Neo at Cambridge Developer Meetup, which will take place on the 9th of March. For more information on all these events, go to neonewstoday.com and click on our calendar. All right, let's move on to the interview. On the line, I have Tyler Adams, one of the City of Zion Council members and co-founder of the Moonlight Project, whose white paper has just come out and is available to read on moonlight.io. From a development standpoint, Tyler wrote much of the early English Neo documentation. He is largely responsible for Neo.js and is the primary author of the NEP5 token standard. So you can thank Tyler for creating a standard that's allowing all those Neo tokens to be integrated into the exchanges left, right, and center. Tyler, thanks for coming on to the pod today. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm a little tired um, since I'm in Singapore trying to get everything set up for the, the meetup that's going to take place here in a couple hours. But you know, other than that, I'm doing pretty good. That's good. Thanks good for asking. You. And yourself? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Thank you for asking. Um, so you were the first City of Zion Council member to be on the pod. Uh, and I feel like the, the COZ Council is one of the, the most important yet maybe least understood organizations in the whole NEO ecosystem, uh, at least to those who aren't sort of directly involved in development or, or don't really follow it that closely. Uh, that, you know, these days it's the, it's the token sales that get all the headlines, but you guys um, over the last, you know, few months, last year or so have set up the rails and built the tools for, for all that to be possible. So can you start by telling us a little bit about what the, the City of Zion Council is? And what exactly it is you guys do? Yeah, so um, the COZ Council, it's nine members, right? I think the, the, the public figurehead that most people would be familiar with is Fabio Kainson, right? Mm -hmm. um, so we represent the, and really do a lot of the, the managerial work and the, the leadership tasks for the city of Zion as a whole. And, you know, for any of your listeners, if they're not 
familiar with City of Zion, it's the the global development community, right? So um, we're kind of the the open source global development support system for the Neo team in China. Cool. So you guys are central, uh, essentially um, for fostering the development community and, and helping them connect and getting them set up, um, distributing funding and all those sorts of things. And, and through that, you're trying to make it easier for people to develop applications on Neo, right? That's correct. I think the you know the biggest tool that people would be familiar with in that space would be NeoPython, which local human um, is the the lead on, right? Mm-hmm. So that allows you to both well through NeoBoa write smart contracts in Python and then also run a full node, a full Neo node um, in a Python environment, which is um, much more friendly for OSX and Linux distros. Cool. Now uh, the council members uh, have co-founded two different projects, right? And I kind of see these um, personally as, as like a layer on top of what City of Zion are, are already doing. So um, five members, uh, Fabio, Ethan, Tom, uh, Fabio and Luciano, they're working on Neon Exchange. And then three members, uh, yourself, Alan and Michael, you guys are working on Moonlight, um, along with some other City of Zion members as well. Now, People are very familiar with the pain points that uh, Nex is trying to solve. That is, you know, being able to exchange and transact in, in cryptocurrency in a more seamless way. But what Moonlight is doing is also directly related to improving the Neo ecosystem um, in a way that will help connect resources much more efficiently, which is also very important. So what were the pain points that you encountered um, working in the city of Zion community, working on Neo, and just being a, a, a cryptocurrency enthusiast in general that made you guys say, hey, we need to come up with a solution for this and start to move forward on that. Right. So, um, so and this is a, a relatively common occurrence. This happens on a, a daily basis. Um, it happened in the previous series of Slack um, channels that we maintained. And then now it's also pretty common in the Discord channels where um, we're really sort of the, the beacon for... Um, the development community in the Neo ecosystem. So when a project needs a, a developer that's familiar with Neo, they'll come to us and ask, well, do you know, you know, do you have a developer? Do you know a developer that you could recommend a, that we talk to to bring onto our project? And this, you know, this happens, I wouldn't say daily, but it happens very, very often. Um, you know, another common request is a designer or, you know, somebody that can do copy that, you know, is familiar with the blockchain or the platform itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, sometimes we have, we know of somebody and sometimes we don't. Um, it really just depends on the timing and what the request is. But this is an issue that's really, um, you know, it extends beyond just the Neo platform, right? This is a pretty common situation in blockchain as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, it's exacerbated here, especially right now because of the drive towards um, projects in the space um, and there isn't it's relatively novel so there hasn't been a large body of experience that's been built up um, however this situation also is relatively common in um, industry as well mm-hmm. oh so, yep yep so uh, that's kind of where, that's kind of where it started yep yep cool so i was going to ask that as well you know yeah, yeah these are these are pain points that anyone who's been involved with recruiting and staffing and project management is going to be familiar with um in any industry so um Maybe this is a good place now to describe what Moonlight actually is, what it does, and how it addresses some of these issues from just from a broad perspective. 
Right. So, um, you know, one of the things we, we get asked a lot is why, why do you need a, a platform like Moonlight on, um, with blockchain, right? So maybe I can start there and work through things. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that's really common in an in industry and not just, not just in blockchain, right, is, you know, people go in and they build up a resume, right? Like I, I'll use LinkedIn as an example, but even a paper resume works as well for this, right? Um, you submit it to a bunch of jobs, openings and then somebody reads them and then the company spends that you send your resume to spends a lot of money and a, you know a lot of resources trying to vet the resume and the candidate trying to identify whether they're misleading or not um, you know because you can write you can write whatever you want on your resume mm-hmm. right and that's the same thing that's not just um, on LinkedIn that's on freelancing that's in freelancing space as well yep um, so our system is really at the very core of the system. What we do is we are a, a task fulfillment service, right? And it, this is called the marketplace. And this is in our first um, swim lane or our first release of the project. And the, the idea there is to um, create a, if you're familiar with project management, specifically agile on project management, you're familiar with the backlog, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to create effectively a global backlog of tasks where you have, um, issuers that create tasks that they need to be fulfilled. And then you have resolvers which come in and take those tasks. Um, and those tasks have skill sets on them attached to them that are required. Um, upon completing those tasks, that data gets logged to the um, blockchain and it effectively starts building up or accruing this um, trustless resume, right? Which is really at the core of our system. Um, then we can take a lot of that data and build. Um, more advanced project management applications on top of it, um, which enables some some complexity in the the space that you know hasn't really been um, available. Yep. I think uh, both in project management and in you know freelancing contract yep. ecosystem. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So I've read through your white paper, and um, I have a feeling if, that if we went through all the the different use cases and functionalities on Moonlight in detail you know, this could end up a three-day workshop. <laughs> so um, how would you feel if, if I threw a, a, a few specific use cases at you and, and you walk me through how a user might register on Moonlight, get set up, um, you know, create a task, bid on a task, deliver work, get paid, um, so on and so forth, create their resume and, and, and how that whole experience will look. Are you game for that? Yeah, it sounds fun. Sweet. All right, so let's just start with something simple. Let's say that I'm a, I'm a freelance .NET developer and I want to find some additional work. So based on what I read in your white paper, I'd be classed as a resolver. Um, so what would be the, the first thing I would do upon joining Moonlight? Um, how would I find work? Uh, where would I, and, and why would I go here as opposed to something like freelancer as someone looking for work? Right, so I guess the first thing um, to clarify is that um, it's... And this is this is actually a very important piece, right? Is we will have the trustless this concept of the trustless resume in the system, but it is also very important to also have that kind of I guess I would call it an ad hoc or off chain resume as well, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're a new contributor or new resolver or, or we call them organizations that comes into the system, you need some sort of way to um, present yourself without having any validated tasks, yep. right? 
on your backlog or your experience or your work history. Um, so that would be the first thing I guess I would recommend is to, to fill that out. Um, once you do that, um, and this, again, it depends if you're, if you're a developer that is not within an organization, since we'll also be supporting private net support as a pass, the platform as a service, um, you would then be entitled to access the global marketplace, right? Which is a, you know, as I mentioned, it's a backlog of, or a global backlog where, um, organizations that need work done can post a task or a series of tasks um, that need to be fulfilled either you know as part of a, a larger team that's working on a, a you know a, a long term or a bigger project or you know what I would call a you know a gig or a freelance task where it's mm -hmm. just kind of a one-off thing yep. right so you'd have access to that and then based on the skills that um, you're trying to, or I guess I would use the term passionate about pursuing and developing, right? You would filter on the tasks and resolve them. Um, and then that would help build up your resume, which would then um, allow you to fulfill other ones. I should mention also that the, the mechanic we use for bidding on these tasks that are issued um, is using more of a conventional project management mechanic as opposed to the the standard in the freelancing space which is a bit of cost right so we mm -hmm. use the bit of duration instead um, and that's an important distinction right yep. um, since we're really we're trying to build up a it's effectively a global project management um, platform yep where it's very easy to pull you know you have a team that's working on a project and you need to pull in a new developer from outside because you don't have the skill set in your team and you don't want to force somebody in your team to do something they don't like to do or aren't good at. Um, so you can go out and pull somebody in and they're already familiar with the project management platform and they already have their skills in the ecosystem. Yep. Um, so it's a se more seamless experience for onboarding. Okay, cool. So I'm a developer. I come, I join Moonlight. The first thing I do is I fill up my, my basic resume and I put in all the skills that I, I, feel like I have and I want to pursue, I would then go onto the marketplace and I would um, bid on specific tasks and activities that I think I could um, fulfill. Now, when I do that, I'm not saying this is going to take me, this is 10 hours of work. I'm saying this is going to take me four days to complete this task because I might do two hours of work a day or something like that, right? So I'm giving like a real-time bid on how long it's going to take me to complete. Is that correct? That's correct. And that's actually a very important designation. Um, and that's where we differ slightly from the project management space, right? So um, in a conventional space, you make an assumption that your employee is an FTE, right? Or full-time employee, mm -hmm. right? So you may bid in FTE hours, yep. um, but that doesn't actually indicate how long it's going to take, yep. right? Yep, yep. Um, you know, it may take three days real time. Um, yep. And this... That actually, uh, let me let me correct myself. That's actually a mechanic that's much more common in a something called a matrix organization, where you may have a contributor that's working on five different projects at the same time, right? Which is more realistic in the, the I think the the moonlight space, mm -hmm. where you have somebody that may be juggling, you know, their main job and their you know their family and things like that as well. Yeah, sure, sure. Okay, so I've gone on. I've I've bidded on a task now. I don't have any skill sets yet that are, you know, 
on my reg, my profile um, that have been verified on the blockchain because I'm new to the platform, right? So I guess my options there would be to uh, put in a more competitive bid or something like that to try and win that work because um, there's there's, there's a little bit of a cold start problem there, right? Because when you haven't start haven't done any work, you haven't got any of these verified skills by completing other jobs. You need to get the work somehow. So is that how you would suggest people would sort of get on board that way? Yeah, so that's um, that's something we address in the white paper. Um, we actually have a full. You know, I, I don't remember how how long it is, but we do go into um, you know I think six different risks that have been identified in the system and how we'll be addressing them. Mm -hmm. um, that one specifically is called windup. Okay. Right. Um, where you need to wind up your resume. Right. The nice thing about the platform is that it's a it's really a free market for resources. You can think of it a lot like an exchange, right? Mm -hmm. So if you are new to the platform and you present a very competitive bid in terms of duration, then you're much more likely, you know, from a risk standpoint, um, the issuer is much more likely to pick you despite having you having lower experience. Yep. Cool. That makes sense. So I've gone through, uh, registered, I've bidded, I've won a job. Um, I've gone and I've then completed this task uh, within the time frame that I, I said I would do it, which is great. Um, I have sent it through to the issuer who is um, verified my work and they see that it's all completed satisfactory. What happens now in terms of remittance um, and also you know that review process to get whatever skill I needed to complete that task onto my resume? Right, so there are a few um, there are a few different mechanics here, right? Um, and a lot of them are dependent on the mechanism of payment, right? Which is defined prior to the task being assigned, mm -hmm. right? Which allows an issuer and a resolver to effectively enter into a contract, right? So in the the default um, remittance mechanic in the system, and I'll note that there are multiple. Um, ways this is handled um, in terms of fees, but if you're, or seats, for example, um, we'll say, you know, the default is post-pay, right? Yep. So if you're setting up a post-pay task and you resolve a post-pay task, that means that your payment is, or remittance is handled after the task is complete. Yep. Um, in that scenario, there's a an initial review period, right? Um, which is similar to kind of these gig economy concepts, right? Where one person reviews the other, um, and that goes both ways. So the issuer revolves, resolve, or reviews the issuer or the resolver, and the resolver reviews the issuer, mm -hmm. right? And this is really a a metric for the the holistic um, quality of the experience in working with the person, which becomes public knowledge, right? Yeah. Everybody can review that. Um, at which point the actual remittance activity takes place and the experience is logged to the blockchain, right? Yep. Uh, then there's a second activity review period, which is optional, which takes place afterwards, and that's um, in a set time frame, which allows um, another review against the um, issuer where, you know, if for some reason the re there's a remittance issue or um, you know, there's some there's some issue with payment, or maybe the you know the the issuer took too long for mm -hmm. a really long time, right? 
um, that gives the resolver a second option to review that activity as well. Yeah. Um, so it's relatively closed. It's a you know a closed activity. Yeah. Cool. Um, so that would be the the mechanic. And then those you know I mentioned the the resume. So the remittance goes through the experiences logged to the blockchain, but we also log a lot of other information to the blockchain as well, um, including things like the bid that was initially made, as well as how long it actually took to resolve the task. Mm -hmm. And then that data is used um, for some of our other tools, which will exist in the ecosystem. Okay, cool. And uh, just one other question regarding the remittance. Um, how will that be paid? So will that be paid in the, in the platform's native token? Do we have other options for payment of you know, resolvers? Yeah, so there are actually um, there are a couple options. Um, and the, the, in the default or vanilla um, configuration for the platform, right, there's a system fee that's associated with resolving a task via remittance. Um, and that fee is actually tied to the token type, right? So the system token for the Moonlight platform is actually called the Lux token, Yep. right? And the utility of the token is um, that it's used in the system for remittance um, and it bears a lower fee than other tokens in the ecosystem. So this is similar to um, kind of the, the Binance type model, yep. right? I mentioned that this is somewhat similar to an exchange in a lot of ways. Um, additionally, in our system, um, we'll also have be using gas pretty substantially. Mm -hmm. So gas also bear the same reduced fee or remittance fee in the system. People will be very happy about that. However, we also won't be limiting that as well, right? So um, one of the things you can look for is pretty heavy, I think, integration with um some of the other COZ projects, which enable payment um, via other tokens as well in the system. So we won't be limited to purely using our token within the system. Um, I think that that's especially the incentivization of use using gas um, is very healthy for the ecosystem. So we don't end up with this fragmented currency type situation that yeah. exists on other platforms. Yeah, yeah, cool. Sweet. All right. So now let's take this from the other side. So that's someone who's come on the platform looking for work. Let's think about someone who is on the platform looking for someone to do work for them. So let's say I run a an agency. I run a PR agency. And we've got people who can write you know, great copy and organize events. But now for some reason, I need someone to do some design work. Um, so And that's a resource I don't keep in-house. What would be the steps I would take as an organization to get on the platform and then, you know, put out uh, a call looking for someone to complete this work and how would I, you know, vet the candidate and so on and so forth. What tools do I have at my disposal? Right. So I guess the the first thing, you know, I would, I'd like to mention is that you actually have, before you enter the platform, you have another option as well, which is kind of the, the option that most people use. And that's the, the situation where you tell somebody in your group that, you know, we have this task, this one-off task, for example, that needs to be done. So can you throw something together, right? Mm -hmm. um, whether or not they're a huge fan of that, doing that type of work. Yep. Um, so that's the first, that's kind of the first option, which is, again, very common. Yep. Um, especially because of the barriers with um, onboarding. Yep. Um, so, but besides that, in our system, you 
say, well, let's bring somebody in that's actually passionate and enjoys working on these types of tasks, right? Sure. Um, so the nice thing about the system is that it's relatively simple in this regard because, you know, you mentioned that you would be an issuer in the first example and in the, or a resolver in the first example. And in this situation, you're an issuer. Yeah. Well, they're both the same thing, right? So you are effectively creating in the system, when you go in and sign up, you're creating something called an organization, right? Which entitles you to be both an issuer and a resolver. Right. Okay. Right. So you would effectively go into the system and, and this is actually easier than um, being a resolver or um, bidding on tasks because you go in and you effectively start creating your task in the ecosystem. Now, depending um on the way you choose to create it, you know, you'll effectively be going in and you'll be assigning skills to the tasks that are required, right? Now, another mechanic in this space is that you could actually subcontract the project management and the creation of tasks and management of the, the project itself in mm -hmm. the system as well as a task, yeah. right? So you could potentially go in and depending on your, your technical affinity in a specific area, um, you could actually create a task to bring somebody in to do all of that for you. I was actually um, wondering about that earlier, like whether you could you could bid on a task um, and then go find someone else to do that task for you or do it the other way around. Say, I need someone to um, find people to do this because that happens in, in my previous line of work. That would happen all the time. You know, um, a, a company would need someone to, they, they, need, they need to do a digital project, but they didn't know how to manage that project. So the first thing they need to do was bring someone in who could, you know, scope and manage the project. Uh, it's interesting you bring that up. That that's something that's going to be possible on this platform. You could you can say I don't know the first thing about scoping an application, so I'm going to hire someone to do that for me, and then use Moonlight to to find all the resources required. Right. Yeah. That's that's pretty. Um, that's a pretty big feature in our system, and you'll notice um, in the white paper and in our previous articles that both organizations and tasks um, are a recursive class. Mm -hmm. Right. So you can have organizations made up of organizations and you can also have tasks made up of other tasks with dependencies to tasks. Yeah. Um, so anyways, back to your um, your scenario, you would go in, you would create your task and you would define it and then you would identify the skills required for the task. Right now, um, one thing that's very difficult in the system that people will and, and this is somewhat of a risk, right, is the the value assignment of the task, right? Mm -hmm. So how much are you willing to assign for the task? Now we'll have a number of tools um, that effectively provide recommendations for what value you should assign and what the historical situation was or result was. Um, but you can really use that um, to pick what that value is and then publish the task in the system. And then depending on the response or the number of bids you get on that, you can manipulate that value, right? Yep. So then once, um, once that happens and bidding occurs on the task, you pick the, the resolving bid that you would like, and then the task is fulfilled. And this is or worked on. Now, the one other thing I'd like to add here is the, and this is also in the risk section, is the gamification, or not the gamification, the exploitation in the system, right? So somebody may be incentivized to go in and say, well, I'm just going to underbid everybody Right. Yep. So there are a number of mechanisms in the system or in Moonlight that um, deter that type of behavior. Um, the reviews are one of them. But from a 
you know, an issuer standpoint, what you're actually going to see, you know, you'll be able to see the actual bid from the person, but what you're actually going to be probably interested in is the previous estimation accuracies, yeah. right? So how long it, they estimated or bid versus how long it actually took them for specific tasks and skills um, overlaid on top of what their actual bid on your task is, right? So you'll get that distribution yep. um, to actually represent and give you a good idea of how long it's really going to take this yep. person to produce the work. Or I guess I should correct myself, not person, but organization. Sure, yeah. I can see that being uh, an extremely... Uh, valuable a resource to have at one's disposal when choosing, you know, what resource they're going to hire to do a job. So that's uh, that sounds like a great feature. So one of the other, um, the really innovative features of Moonlight, I think, um, is that it can be used as a crowdfunding platform, which is obviously a huge use case in the blockchain space. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about how crowdfunding works alongside everything we've just discussed and what features um, users will have to improve sort of project accountability and transparency and so forth? Sure. And, um, you know, I think, I think this concept of crowdfunding actually lends or fits in very nicely with the, the platform that we're developing, right? So when we start talking about a task, well, a task with, um, you know, smaller tasks within it, um, what we're really, you know, we're not really defining the scope um, or scale of those tasks, right? So a, a task could be an entire an entire project, mm -hmm. for example, right? And within that task, maybe you have different gates, for example, right? Where maybe the first task is the, the token sale, right? Um, and then the second gate would be like an MVP, right? Or minimum viable product. And then, you know, the third gate would be, um, and this is a very simplified example, but a production release, for example, right? Yep. Um, so what you can effectively do is you can set up an organization for example, which has these tasks associated with it. And then people that come in that are interested in the task can openly join the organization, right? And they can um, stake those tasks with funds, right? Yep. Now, upon um, completion, and this is, again, this is overly simplified as an example um, because we're on a, a short podcast, but <laughs> uh, what, you know, what can happen is um, as those tasks or those gates in this case, right, which would be what a task is in this scenario are completed, the, instead of, you know, I mentioned that, that completion level, the actual organization itself that all the investors have been, become a part of are the ones that decide whether that task has been completed or not and whether remittance is handled or resolved. Um, so you effectively have an organization of investors which are, um, voting on whether the gates are met. And if we're using postpay as an example um, of the remittance strategy, then the funds are not released until, um, you know, that gate and the deliverables for that gate are met. Yeah. That, that sounds like a really great use case. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really improves the, um, the accountability, especially the project transparency, mm -hmm. right? The other thing to keep in mind here as well is that, um, using this mechanism and using our platform for this type of activity also improves the transparency of who's actually working on the project and who's in your organization. Yep. Right. And because of the trust is trustless resume mechanic, um, you get a lot more information about, um, the validity of the contributors, mm -hmm. right. Since they can't just make up this, 
these tasks or these activities and experience. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that 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 will. I mean, the first thing people do when they see a new token sale, a new project, is they go and they have a look at the team. And then you sit on a wild goose chase going through LinkedIn or Googling their name, trying to find out what their experience is like. So with Moonlight, you don't have that problem because you can see, you know, on the digital resume exactly what their experiences, experience is, right? Right. Yep. Cool. Sweet. So um, now a lot of people are going to be wondering about your token sale. Um, so what can you tell us uh, about your plans here? Right. So um, right now we're just finalizing um, a lot of the plans for that, right? Um, and there will be a lot of details in the white paper. Um, one thing that we've outlined and are very um, interested in maintaining is the stability and health of the ecosystem. Um, not just NEO, but also the Moonlight community as a whole. So I think um, what you'll end up finding is a lot of mechanics in there that are meant to um, you know, make that come true or make that a reality, um, including things like um, staged vesting or waterfall vesting, right? So you don't end up with people that contribute to pre-sale and then dump the tokens as soon as they show up on the exchange. Yep. Um, we also will not be offering a discount um, to pre-sale, which de-incentivizes that as well. Yep. Um, you know, relative timeline for Lux token sale um, is going to be, you know, well, obviously it's March right now. So the pre-sale will not be starting, um, most likely this month, but I think you can look for it in, um, probably early Q2. Okay, cool. Uh, 2018. Sweet. It sounds like you're taking a very responsible approach to a tea token sale, which, uh, will be appreciated by a lot of the community, I'm sure. So, um, Tyler, I want to thank you for coming on the pod. Uh, thank you for all the work you've been doing on Neo for months and months now. Um, and good luck with the the APAC tour that you're on at the moment. I hope you know you get a fantastic turnout to all the events and a great response to uh, all the presentations. And uh, in general, I just uh, look forward to catching up with you next time. Yeah, thanks a lot, Dean. You no, too. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. If you'd like to follow the Moonlight Project, head over to their website, moonlight.io. From there, you'll be able to find their white paper and links to all their social accounts, including their Twitter, Reddit, Medium, and Discord channels. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube, and we look forward to catching you on the next Neo News Today podcast. Music.